0: Investors, tycoons, and business leaders, welcome to the December sixteenth, two 2018 edition of NetWorthRadio.com, the program built for investors with the top financial headlines of the week, investment strategy implications, and real investment strategy for you, the investor. Thank you for tuning in. We are looking forward to 2019. Bargains abound after the recent turbulence. Washington having thrown disruptions at the market seemingly as fast as it can. Traders may be headed for vacation days this next week. Headlines from D.C. include impeachment, infighting, trade wars, rate increases, and of course, the dreaded government shutdown. What else can they come up with from the Beltway? Networth Radio, your voice of clear reason for year end bargains, 2019 investment strategies. We're glad you've joined us for this week's fast-paced tour. Keep that pen out. I'm Spencer McGowan, president, McGowan Group, joined by Alex Toline, head of trading for McGowan Group, as we go through the headlines of the week. Alex, top financial headline, what have you got?
1: All right. Well, good to be back on the show, Spencer. Um, big news coming up this next week, Fed meeting announcements on Wednesday. What does it mean for 2019 investment strategy and uh, bond king? Gunlack weighs in on that.
0: Well, the first part, inflation slowed down this week. CPI, PPI falling for the year over year uh, and and hitting pretty close to the Federal Reserve target. And Fed meetings are usually not that exciting. And they usually don't have big implications unless they're going to change posture. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and they've been, or have they been on a relentless rate hike cycle and about to change posture, right? For,
0: for two and a half years. And, and so the pressure there leads to one of our bargain categories, which we'll get to. But it also says that change in posture takes pressure off of assets that are based on cash flow. We've covered that before. I was astounded, you know, when... Jerome Powell came out, Fed chair, said, hey, we're nearly neutral. After he got beat up by Kramer and Trump, you know, relentlessly for a few weeks, they said, hey, dude, you're killing us. The Dow's gone from 27 to 24. What more do you want? And I don't think he wants to be the culprit in uh, in in ugliness. Now, Gunlack, he is leader of Double Line. They've made us money, so I appreciate that, Jeffrey. And Indeed. he's unimpressed by the Treasury rally. Well, mm-hmm. I get that. I I still think Treasuries are overvalued. But one of our charts this week, uh, before we get to the overall markets, one of our charts, I'd, I'd like to just walk through the state of the global bond market, okay? All right. So the 10-year Treasury issued by different countries, that grid is at networthradio.com. You can go there now, see the grid, our Bloomberg print out there shows you what the state of the world is on yields, and so this is important as we get to a potential change in posture, inflation actually slowing down, gas prices. Somebody told me they got a dollar seventy nine at the pump this last week. Wow yeah, that was that that was That's
1: uh, not around here by the way.
0: I don't know. I think they were, yeah, I think they were driving in, you know, to come see us. <laughs> right. But dollar seventy nine. That's the that's best that's the best I've heard of. I'll next time I'll write down exactly where and we can we can cover that. But that also takes pressure off of inflation, slowing global growth, a big headline here for next year. All right. I do a ten year US Treasury, what do I get paid? Two point eight nine percent. And I get all the duration risk in case those rates go up. That's right. Okay. Then here's what's astounding to me. All right. I'm gonna hit the high yields. Okay. I loan money to Brazil, five and an eighth. I loan money to Argentina, ten and a half. That's right. All right. What if I loan money to Greece for ten years?
1: Well, that's only four point two percent.
0: I don't wanna do it.
1: (laughs) I mean No, I don't wanna do it.
0: And then, China. What do I get if I loan money to China for ten years? Three point three. That's not good. So, no, I I don't want to loan money to China either. So the no. now, what astounds?
1: You got some currency risk in there too, right?
0: Yeah. Now Italy, Italy's like a poster child along with Greece. I only get four point two in Greece. I'll just stay with the U.S. Treasury if those are my only two choices. What do I get if I go to Italy?
1: Two point nine seven.
0: That for Italy, yeah. they change governments once a year, and everybody says, oh, the European Union is going to break apart, and we're all going to wallow around in some contagion,
1: right? Well, yeah, the pricing in bonds does not reflect that concern.
0: Okay, got it. United Kingdom, 1.24%. There you go. And Switzerland, how much do I pay Switzerland if I want to put my money in a Swiss bank account?
1: you got to pay them 0.2%. A year.
0: That's a negative interest rate. You heard that's
1: it. Negative compounding.
0: Negative comp. So I just pay them. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. It's exactly. Like wh- it's no, like, really? It's
0: like when you go to Italy and the exchange rate looks pretty good. And you walk up to the cambio, you hand them the money, and then they hand you back the promised exchange rate less like fifteen percent. And You go, "What the heck was that?" And they go, "Oh, that's an administrative fee."
1: Now, now there was yeah exactly.
0: yeah administrative fees in Italy. I just don't go there.
1: You know, you, you, you're you not going to go to Switzerland and, and borrow money for a home and, and have them pay you, by the way. That doesn't work that way either.
0: No. Unless, it, well, you'd have to be an insider. <laughs> right. But but Sweden, you know, Sweden's a 0.45%. And so here's my point on all this, right? Mm-hmm. The U.S. Treasury, out of everything we did, it's a bargain. In other words, our yields don't have to go up to be – the best, the tallest midget in the bond market.
1: That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Now, and and Gun- I think Gunlack was kind of pointing that out is that he thought that the bond rally would be more than it has been, actually. Okay. So.
0: Yeah, he was, he said, stock carnage as the Dow went from 27 to 24. Right. And then Washington is helping with this, as I pointed out in the open. You know, Washington helps. The Dow's going down 3,000, and Washington seems to come up with the worst possible headline for investors, right? <laughs> so I talked to a client this morning, and I'm like, hey, we got great bargains, okay? I think anything paying over 6% after Jerome Powell says he's done on Wednesday, anything paying above 6% is golden compared to the 3% ish long treasuries and the two-and-a-third T-bill, which is already adjusted for his rate increase on Wednesday. I, I think anything paying six gets a big rally after tax loss selling.
1: He would, th- Yeah, I would think so.
0: Okay, so that covers the state of the global yields. 30-year Treasury yield hasn't gone up uh, that much. 10-year Treasury, 2.9. And so if there was a rate spike, it happened just on the short end. A Federal Reserve
1: distortion. Federal Reserve is doing a little head-scratching right now, right?
0: Yeah. They're
1: like, well, we got low unemployment and no inflation.
0: Okay, well, here's the thing on the 10-year Treasury. When that spiked to three and a quarter just recently, um, took the mortgage rates up lockstep because the mortgage rate's based on that, well, you pretty much killed the housing market growth. Right? So that was one of last week's stories saying, hey, if you're worried about housing uh, inflation, it ain't here, uh, you know, anymore. It was.
1: That's the story.
0: Yeah. So the they killed the housing bubble. They crushed the emerging markets this year. Right?
1: Yeah. Energy's cheap.
0: Energy's 52 a barrel. Uh, natural gas holding firm, firmly above $4 per million BTUs, which... Over 25% more than its equilibrium, $3, that it held for a while. So, you know, again, the potential for high cash flow assets to appreciate from here, I don't think has been better, especially in that tightening cycle. Um, You know, producer and consumer prices falling for the month and the year-over-year number falling, uh, or actually inflation slowing for the month, but actually coming down on a year-over-year. U.S. jobless claims, 12-week low, tight labor market, right? What-
1: right, yeah, that's why I said the Fed's probably scratching their heads because they they tend to expect inflation to pick up when the jobs market is, is this good. Um, and uh, But I think it does set the stage for, hey, if we don't have inflation, then what's wrong with having a great job market?
0: Yeah, and the New Year's Eve uh, weekend, actually Friday morning, Fox Radio has me on call for a special report on wage growth. You know, who's left behind, who's making the most progress, right. um, you know, wage growth, which overall is good. And It has been. Yeah. It has w-
1: been. It's not been hot at all.
0: With 7 million jobs out there, if you don't like your job and you want a pay raise, you've probably got a good chance of finding it.
1: Yeah. All right. So, If you're a hard worker, work hard. All all right. help people.
0: So coming up on the break, before the break let's cover Apple's big Texas investment. What are they going to do?
1: They are putting a billion dollar site in Austin.
0: Right there, it's North Austin, 133 acres. That's just a stone's throw from the the Diamond for, you know, the Dell Diamond. The Dell diamond. Yeah. yeah. It's just they're just saying right there in your face, we're going to compete with you.
1: Take that, Dell. Take that, hmm.
0: Dell. And, you know, <laughs> the apple boxes look better. That's that's one of the insights. But a billion-dollar investment, 15,000 jobs.
1: Duck ponds and paddle boarding?
0: Well, that was just my, if you have 133 acres and hill country weather's more conducive to paddle boarding almost all year round, then that's right. hopefully they'll build some duck ponds and some paddle boarding. Cause yeah, some,
1: some surfboard yoga.
0: Surfboard yoga, baby. I've done it at Lake Austin Spa. That was paddleboard yoga, they call it. And you get to attach yourself. So when a boat comes by, hang on, buddy. <laughs> don't, don't be in Warrior 3 when a ski boat comes by. <laughs> All right. Net Worth Radio, the best in financial news. We will be back right after this break. we got more headlines to cover. But we're also going to cover 2019 strategy in a way that nobody else is at least from what I hear. So we'll be right back with the best in financial news. Welcome back to Net Worth Radio. I'm Spencer McGowan, your host, Alex Tolin, head of trading at McGowan Group Asset Management, joins me for a fast-paced tour of the global financial markets designed to help you increase your profits 2019 and beyond. Coming up in the second half of the program, we'll also cover... What are the opportunities here at the end of the year? And what are the documented best investments for the end of the year? We'll cover those stats and more from the Stock Traders' Almanac. First, what we're going to get to, Alex, we've got posted on the, gra- on the uh, charts this week at networthradio.com. Be sure to fill out your preliminary client questionnaire and... Use the holidays to get your upgraded plan for 2019, especially if you've got a direct rollover to complete that is the most important decision of your life. First, a direct rollover call with a brainstorming session at McGowan Group Asset Management could make the difference on your future spendable income and gain potential. All right, Alex, S&P 500, we're going to use that as the benchmark. We usually use the Dow because it's very familiar Uh, for those that are needing to be caught up. The Dow went from 27,000 when all the headlines were good to 24,000 when all the headlines were bad. Thanks to Washington. All right. What do you see? What do you see on the S&P graph here?
1: Well, we what we're seeing is the 50 period moving average crossing below the 200 period moving average, oftentimes called the death cross. And what the death cross means is, does that mean more sellings coming? And in in two thousand eight, you saw a death cross, or maybe it's like late two thousand seven, to going into two thousand eight, um, that rightly showed that you know we had a big meltdown in markets. This also happened in the twenty was it 2014, 2015 timeline.
0: That was a head fake.
1: But you would have gotten whipsawed. Pretty severely, because when that crosses, typically prices are down, and then when it crosses back up, prices are high.
0: Ooh. Right. Whipsaw, and, meaning you sold because you were too pessimistic, and you didn't know what great assets were.
1: Right. So you sold, and then it crossed back over, so you bought back, you know, 8% higher. Um, so the death there, cross There was are times when you, you'll get this flip-flop. You can, you can really... Turn yourself up by, by doing that. And I think focus on great assets is, is where we we differ from, from that normal uh, technical standpoint.
0: Yeah, because I could lose money every time <clears throat> there's a death cross because things are declining. By definition, 50-day 50, 50 moving average crosses below the 200-day because people sold stuff. Mm-hmm. Then I don't buy any. I sell everything. Right. Ooh, okay. Well... I will point out that our portfolios are still a majority fixed income and cash flowing above 7% net after all fees. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's huge. That means I'm going to make 35% just from income over five years. How much, that, how much volatility am I going to tolerate? I think I'll just go look for bargains with all my cash flow.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, which I did.
1: We did, didn't we?
0: Well, I already decided my year-end trades. Okay. And so I took all my available cash from the excess cash flow because I still like to work. You know, I had a client this week, Alex. Okay. Funny story. Okay. And, you know, I was like, hey, admittedly, we're down a few percentage points this year. We made double digits two years in a row. Our record, by the way, was five years, double digits. Wow. Wow. And I think we've got the right portfolios to accomplish that again. That'd be great. With a majority fixed income and cash flows over 7%. Now, that's good math to me.
1: And income you can spend, right? Yeah.
0: Bad math is I got whipsawed out 2014, 2015. I got whipsawed out because I just want to own the market, which I don't want to own the market. I want to own the choicest parts to get paid a lot of money.
1: A lot. Well, the... And then you also enter into the, the issue of how much of my seed corn am I going to eat?
0: You're right. right.
1: Because i got to start spending principal to live off of.
0: Right, if I'm retired. That's right. Or if I'm thinking of retirement. Then everything goes down. Dow corrects by 3,000 points. That was over a 10% correction. That's an official correction, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to sell every correction, lock in a loss, and then I'm going to get back in when I get the magic cross again. I don't I don't know that that works. But anyway, I may miss a few rallies
1: that way. Yeah, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I think that's
0: Well, if I own great cash flow assets and I can pay my bills from the cash flow, have a few dollars left over to reinvest, boom. I've got good math as opposed to bad math.
1: There you go.
0: Okay. Now
1: let's do that. Let's do do good math.
0: Okay, so we're going to do S and P bottoms. Okay.
1: Okay.
0: And so we're we're looking at the chart at networthradio.com. As I said, better yet, fill out your questionnaire. Come down, get a plan, a brainstorming session as your holiday gift from McGowan Group Asset Management, and you're going to get some ideas that you probably won't see anywhere else that are more reliable in terms of future income. Okay. So here we go. So it looks to me like the S and P 500 bounced off its moving average, February, March. Mm-hmm. And again, early May, then right. rallied to a 27,000 or 27,000 on the Dow, 2,900 uh, ish on the S and P. Right.
1: That's right.
0: And if that's the case, then the question being, all the headlines were good at that time. Long about August, we had good earnings increases, right? Mm-hmm. Then I descend to twenty six hundred on the S and P, twenty four thousand on the Dow. Does that look like a bottom?
1: Well, not yet. Not yet? Do you think I mean, there's? We're, we're we're at we're at some longer term support, right? Okay. And. uh and the the way that things have been trading, if you look at the highs and lows from October through now, um, those retracements are about even they're about a hundred percent, which says sideways okay for now and I, I think we'll need more information. next week's gonna be a big week for markets, I think um, and uh, I, so you know i I think you want to wait and see what what happens there from that standpoint, but
0: okay, so I've got two things coming up, right? I've been doing my research. now, And I will say, the program forces our team, our team of nine, soon to be ten, with Harrison Smith coming on board because he was such a good intern that even you liked him. And you hate interns. <laughs> you are the biggest intern hazer we have ever had at McGowan Group Asset Management. Right. Um, Andrew hazes, but he just does it by being cold and <laughs> skeptical <laughs> right the ordinator who does all the research that you and i take credit for here on uh, the live broadcast
1: yeah i want to say that uh it's not hazing it's high expectations let me just oh, put it yeah
0: that way. harrison met your expectations that's right he's coming on board in january yay harrison graduating texas tech had his final final right before i talked to him this week it's a busy week Everybody said, hey, I want to talk to my financial advisor before the holidays.
1: Yep. Right.
0: So it's like, okay. Well, we're here. Okay, great. <laughs> it's like minute by minute. Uh, we're still in that gauntlet. Yeah. And we love clients. We love you to drop by. We had a lot of gifts this year. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, we are we are overstuffed.
1: We have a lot of candy to eat. Yeah.
0: This is so good. Holiday cookies. Yeah, but it brightens the day, and the team gets fat. P-H-A-T, fat. Yeah. Okay, so coming up next, we've got Wall Street's only free lunch served before Christmas in the second half of the program. What is the free lunch? Well, that's one topic. And if Santa Claus should fail to call, bears may come to broaden wall. How real is the Santa Claus rally? Well, okay. So I I got the dates. I'm ready to go. I'm in my Stock Traders' Almanac, page 112 and 114. For those of you following at home in your own Stock Traders' Almanac, the 2019 (laughs) version, because the pages change, right? But we've already studied the Stock Traders' Almanac there. Okay, so we're keeping tabs on Mr. Wilson, now in his second year so, what if he comes to you and says, "Dad, I want to be a Branson space cadet and go to space? How much is that going to set you back alex
1: well that's a that's that's this week's quiz right but uh I think it's a quarter of a million dollars
0: two hundred fifty thousand dollars
1: and 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 those aren't today's prices by the way those are Years ago, people ponied up 250 to be the first on there, so I don't even know what it would be today.
0: Well, I think to, to afford that, you're going to need some energy infrastructure and some deeply discounted bonds.
1: I tell you what, cash flow is king.
0: Okay, you're going to need cash flow if Wilson decides <laughs> he wants to be a space cadet. Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic preparing to take the long-awaited step of trying its fly in its tourism space. Rocket ship mm-hmm. to the edge of space.
1: That's right. There's competition for this too.
0: Well the good news is if you go to the edge of space, you don't have the re entry problem where there's all that fire and stuff like Apollo thirteen. Oh you know, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> that's that's good news. So
1: <laughs> for to the, not increase the risk of uh for paying two hundred fifty thousand dollars and then Having it kill you.
0: Yeah, for those listeners that have way too much money and want to go to space, this is as close as you can get. There's 600 reservations at $250,000 each. Richard Branson actually did a presentation on this back at one of the Investment Management Consultants Associations Mm -hmm. about going to space. And and I want to say it was a better part of a decade ago. And he said, this is real. And you get to be weightless for a little bit.
1: So it's 10 years.
0: Yeah, it gives me motivation to be healthy, wealthy, strong, prosperous, and to have a lot of ex- excess cash flow.
1: So I think once you start going, uh, over the next 10 years, you should see prices drop quite a bit, I would imagine, right? Yeah, I think
0: ideally you and Wilson can go up for a mere forty grand together and, you know, and say, 2028. We, we've been to space. Yeah, he'll, he'll be able to remember it then, right? <laughs> if he did it now, he would just cry like a baby the whole time.
1: Yeah, I mean, Santa Claus makes him cry now, you know.
0: Okay, we got LNG coming up, liquid natural gas, and the shale boom, and what's actually happening on some of the most underpriced assets in the universe. Net Worth Radio will be right back. This is Net Worth Radio, the source for real investors who stay in touch with financial headlines and don't get whipsawed by the current market frenzies. Well, we're going to cover a few things that happened on Friday trading. Johnson & Johnson down on Friday uh, at one point over $17, $134 a share when it was down $14. Alex, this is a curious headline. I want to cover it first. All right. So, J&J, arguably one of the most reliable companies, slammed to a loss for the year on Friday. There was a Reuters report that said they had internal documents showing their baby powder had asbestos, right? Okay. Uh, and, it, and, and it rallied a bit after the company came out and said, no, we've had it tested, thousands of independent tests by regulators, and... Leading labs, never contained asbestos, and they, uh, well, they have their own talc mines because they're the baby powder king. So, mm. looks like a Tylenol trade to me. Just, <laughs> yeah. just, just saying. I think, I, I think everybody goes crazy before the holidays, which is part of the message. And That's right. Anyway, so J&J contributing to Friday's decline back to near 24,000 on the Dow. You know from, from that, uh, you know, from that, you uh, know, from that standpoint. Okay.
1: Well, we promised we would cover from the Stock Traders' Almanac. Yes. Is there, is there a free lunch on Wall Street?
0: Okay. Served before Christmas, it says.
1: Typically, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, triple witching Friday the 21st, right? So if you took the lower performing stocks, right? Um if you took the lower performing stocks and then you took the uh performance through February 15th, it said that the bargain advantage is 9% over what everything else did.
1: It's pretty big.
0: Just saying. So it's bar- That's the January
1: effect, right? Yeah,
0: it's uh it's Christmas bargains. Wall Street's only free lunch served before Christmas. And it looks to be about eighty or ninety percent effective all the way back to nineteen seventy
1: four. So I got some data points there.
0: Yeah, they they did. They need three hundred to be statistical, so let's revisit <laughs> this. We'll we'll revisit this in two thousand two hundred
1: and thirty. Right? There you I, go.
0: Yeah, I don't think we'll be here. But you know, put it on the calendar. Put it on the calendar. So that's, yes, great bargains in tax loss selling is basically what that underscores. Okay, next next item from the Stock Traders' Almanac. How real is the Santa Claus rally?
1: Well, 80 nor- 80%. Normally, yeah. Normally, so It doesn't always happen, though.
0: Yeah. So Santa Claus is uh, 80%. 80% effective. That that'd be bad if you're one, you know, if you're one of the five kids left out. That'd <laughs> <laughs> I mean, be that'd be a sad kid. It's like something out of Chevy Chase's Christmas Vacation, like Cedar didn't come last year. That'd be funny. Remember the guys in the RV? So, anyway, that that was that was one point. So, the, uh, the last six days are actually the 21st through the 31st I graphed this for this year right okay. through New Year's Eve and the the rallies averaged 1.3 percent which happens to be about Friday's decline just say yeah yeah just go. just saying <laughs> That's that's a that's the best case from next Friday well it's not best case I and mean, the 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 record year was about a seven percent gain, so that was that's the stock traders almanac saying, uh, you know they discovered the phenomena in 1972, which would make them about 90 years old, 100 years old in their in their analysis
1: as as part of that.
0: Okay, you want to move into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: You're moving into LNG?
0: Yeah, I was just saying it's a good time of year to buy bargains. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yes, yes. I agree with that
0: 100%. Okay, tell us, tell us what's happening with United States liquid natural gas exportation.
1: Chenier sending LNG to Greece. we got our third export facility coming on stream, and uh, the shale boom continues.
0: Okay, third export facility. And it's going where?
1: To Greece.
0: To Greece.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. And well one Record of the things is
1: being shipped to Europe.
0: And this is a good time for the trade update. You know, China's saying, hey, we're not gonna charge tariffs on US cars. I thought yeah. that that was significant. They eliminated tariffs on US cars. Is that a blink in the trade negotiations?
1: Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of cars that get built in the United States that are not. I mean, they're, they're U.S. workers that build them, but they're not U.S. companies. So but that's,
0: that's U.S. workers.
1: That, it is U.S. workers, right.
0: I think that was Bloomberg trying to mitigate a victory in the trade negotiations. There you go. That's, that's my perception because Bloomberg tends to lean a little, right? I hear you. Okay. So Bloomberg tends to lean a little bit. The other update is import prices. You'd think, okay, there's lots of tariffs. So import prices would cause inflation disruption, right? Mm -hmm. The exact opposite happened. So largest increase or largest decrease in three years of import prices. Exclude oil. And you had a decrease in the other import prices of 0.3%. In other words, there's no impact. Right. Right, The impact is deflationary. Hello, Jerome Powell, Fed Chair, are you listening? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Right? There you go. So all
0: these supposed disruptions that are capturing the headlines, well, no, China just said, send us what you want. Right? We won't charge tariff on it. That's right. Nobody's
1: buying cars in China anyway.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, they do. So... (laughs) Anyway, but their top two models were German. I get that. Um, But it also gives a chance for the other models that might be attractive uh, to to get over there without a tariff. That would be nice. Yep. I know they want jobs for their workers. But that was the first blink in the trade negotiations, which are going to be hot and heavy the next 90 days.
1: That's definitely going to be interesting.
0: So we thought the trade wars would disrupt liquid natural gas. Uh, In fact... Europe seems to be committed to having a supply. Greece, of course, is an island, is the last time I checked, right? Okay. Okay. So, Greece, Greece importing. And so that's... Yeah, I mean, there's
1: going to be a lot of uh, European imports, I think.
0: So that's, yeah, that's already happening, and a lot of it's based on logistics. Now I, I want to quote one one statistic I think that was significant last week. I thought there's no way that the US would ever become a net exporter of oil. Right? Because I thought the figures were twenty-one million barrels a day consumption, twelve million barrels a day production. But no, we were a net exporter last month, and we covered that last week, but I think it's the most significant it's most significant because we went from 14 million barrels a day import within the last decade peak to net exports last month. Now, that may be a short-term blip, but it, we went from 14 million to below zero.
1: That's a pretty big... Uh, that's,
0: that's cash flow.
1: That's a pretty big move.
0: Yeah, it's good news for the United States. And you
1: oil, yeah, you got oil going through pipes, that that's, That pays. You're selling on the global market, that pays. You're putting on a boat, that pays. A lot of spreading in oil.
0: That's, that's the key here. And so as we go to the energy infrastructure, one, one of the things I want to skip one story and look at sleepless nights for U.S. gas traders as volatility surges. Volatility surging, I get that. So there's opportunities overnight. So, you and Andrew years ago in the 90s were market makers, Mm -hmm. clipping those of us that are just real value investors. You would clip us for eights and quarters or even more when we tried to enter a NASDAQ trade, right?
1: I'm just making a market, but yeah, okay, if you want to look at it that way. It's a good
0: learning experience. It makes you a good (laughs) head of trading, right? You're doing that, you're ideally using that expertise for our clients on a daily basis. That's right. Okay. New world market for natural gas where computers never sleep and apparently neither do traders, right? Mm, that's right. So the United States is on, on track to export 15% of production in liquid natural gas. That's not included in the oil exports I just quoted. Um, so how, how many hours a day do these traders have to stay up? 23. 23 hours a day.
1: Yeah. A, you only need an hour of sleep anyway, right? That's a bad job. At your desk. You need you need a couple partners so you can have a life, I
0: think. Kind of split it up. Yeah. Okay. That's the way to do it. So do I get to pick which shift I want?
1: Well, you do. I mean you're you're the boss, right? <laughs> well, yeah. You
0: know, I the the problem is I'm subject to protests here at the office. If, <laughs> if you guys don't like what's happening, you make it clear. Um and so in this case Uh, Gas increasingly seen as a cleaner alternative than coal at a time of global warming. That's Bloomberg saying that again. That's all I'm going to say. Global warming. Um, Natural gas trading went electronic in a big way just under two years ago. New York mercantile uh, pits uh, were actually... Shut down, eliminating the rings of buyers and sellers, flinging their orders onto cards. So that's, okay. All right. What it's we're go-
1: basically they're just taking the fun out of it.
0: Okay. Quick break. Then we're going to come back, finish up the petroleum update and the global high yield update right here on NetWorth Radio. Net Worth Radio devoted to your success as an investor. We're right here today with Alex Tolene, head of trading, and yours truly, Spencer McGowan, we're devoted to your success in a way that starts with each week's research. The research we were covering related to the petroleum industry and the opportunity, especially for Texas investors that tend to have a greater understanding, like some of our pipeline guys, right? Uh, we, get, we get good insights from clients, and the reason it's named McGowan Group is this is a group of clients, collective brainstorming, you don't have to check your brain at the door, We have a model with clear recommendations, which we implement through Stephen Norris. Superchuck Norris is actually the allocator that makes sure no client is left behind, no dollar left behind when we make a significant move in the markets. And we've begun to position for 2019, spent most of this year doing it, accumulating deep discounts, high cash flow, and Uh, arguably the best income we've delivered since the crisis when we could buy half-price bonds. Uh, We don't have those right now. People aren't that scared, Uh, I guess, is the key message uh, for this week's trading. And 24000 we covered in the last segment, is at least the temporary bottom on the Dow. Uh, could go lower. We've got uh, plenty of forces. Some traders will begin to take off for Christmas, Alex. Is that true?
1: That is true. Okay. So yeah. things will
0: lighten up.
1: Lighter volume, uh, but that doesn't mean, I mean, you can have some pretty big moves with light volume too.
0: Okay. Now, up, but. another beneficiary of the liquid natural gas exportation I wanted to cover. Okay. Kendra Morgan, I think, is a reasonable year-end trade. Uh, not a recommendation for your portfolio until you come down, get a plan, and certainly don't buy too much of any one thing. Right.
1: Well, yeah. yeah, you should diversify yeah. some, yeah, I, I imagine.
0: Kender Morgan received uh, FERC, Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, authorization to place remaining facilities on the company's natural gas pipeline to Sabine, liquid natural gas export terminal, into service, which says they are cleared to pump lots of gas.
1: That means a nice increase in flow. You know, their cash flow numbers have actually looked pretty good.
0: Well, those, you know, the four graphs that we haven't covered are pipeline revenue versus free cash flow, courtesy of Andrew Orton, the Ordinator, Mm -hmm. who never feels he gets credit, but here he just did. (laughs) What he graphed was the beginning point for free cash flow and the percentage increase in share price revenue and free cash flow. And it shows cash flows are amazingly to the upside for the four pipelines that we started, right? Right. And boom, recent spikes as well. That's So that's that's huge. I want to own the toll booth, the pipeline. I don't want to own the speculation or the oil field service company. I mean, yeah. Oil field service is just a good way to get your face ripped off.
1: Yeah, those have not done well.
0: Well and that's you know that's part of it so we talked to one of our funds this last week actually Friday right we talked to him twice yeah right and what was his message on institutional money flow
1: the message the, that uh, that I received was institutions big institutions like endowments big pension funds and that kind of thing are the most excited about energy infrastructure than they've been in a very long time, um, if not ever.
0: Wow. That was I good. know. That was good.
1: It's pretty and, and pretty so impa- impressive.
0: He was anticipating positive money flow the next 90 days. He may be right. talk, talking up his trade because he's limited there. Uh, the You know, the other thing I want to cover is, you know, Forbes came to me and they said, hey, uh, here's the bond index. Tell us how managers add value or they don't. Your perception as an advisor, how should you do your bonds, right?
1: It's active versus passive, right?
0: Yeah. Well, that was, part, that was one of the questions. Uh, some of the others were, how did it do? Well, the aggregate bond index was a minus one total return at the time, right, this week. Mm-hmm. Minus one trailing 12 months. High yield was a plus two. That's three better.
1: That is three better.
0: Yeah, and then I said, your aggregate bond index that you cited is 105% of par value. The prices are going to amortize to par, if all all things being equal. And I said, the high yield index domestically is $0.83 on the dollar. Positive total return year-to-date, last 12 months. No, not year-to-date, 12 months. i got to be specific there. And... What I said was this was a better place to be, and when rates were rising, that's true. Uh, when rates are falling, they tend to move back towards par, and a 16%, 17% gain potential, is that's pretty good. And that so good. that was my answer to Forbes, and he said, do active managers add value versus passive, right? Okay. So I had to pull rank on him and say, okay, Wharton professor, Marston, did a big study on this. Bond managers actually add value relative to the index as a majority versus equity managers where it's 50-50 and then it moves sometimes active, sometimes index, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I highlighted my best bargain, global high yield. Better discounts than domestic high yield. A lot better discounts. A lot bigger yield. A lot bigger yield. I said, pay me now and buy something that's likely to go up because default rates are still at record lows. As evidenced by the fact, now I don't want to buy Grecian bonds, right?
1: Those are bonds in Greece, right?
0: Yeah, not Grecian formula bonds. (laughs) I think they're gone now, right? It was a good idea at the time. But, okay, so lower inflation. This is a key to fixed income strategy. Mm -hmm. Cheaper oil ripples through the global economy, right? Oil prices posted their worst month in a decade, falling more than 30%. That means I don't want to be in an oil company. I want to be in the pipeline, which is getting bigger flows. Economic growth in major crude exporters suffers when oil falls, while large importers are positioned to benefit. That means you go to the pump, you pay two dollars you're a lot happier than $3 or $4. Uh,
1: I know that that's true.
0: <laughs> and that is true. That's very true. And, and we found during the most recent oil spike, would we find gas uh, gasoline a dollar more expensive than anywhere else here in Uptown? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm not going to – I'll just quote their – yeah, their shell – <laughs> they were the most expensive. It is, okay. yeah. I'm going to call them out. A Shell station. Across she- the street. Shell station across the street from the Crescent. <laughs> Buy your gas at racetrack before you come see us. That's that's one of the points. <laughs> a, a planning point. Yeah. All right. So our long-awaited General Electric update where people held a blue chip way too long because they're only looking at unrealized gains. They're not looking at how much did i get pounded every year forever um is is it time for ge i don't want to buy ge but i just i'm just saying alex does it look like time
1: not to me no i i'm i am on the sidelines on that one
0: i just have better choices
1: I, interestingly enough i think the low was 666 <laughs> okay well
0: all right. Uh, well, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. Okay, we got. We're just a few minutes from the wrap up, or just a couple of minutes. Um, okay, this cannabis thing we've been covering, right? And you guys have successfully helped us to add a growth candidate. We took some profits. It looks pretty cheap. Ray, the stepchild of the industry based on multiples, just just getting hammered this week, and. Little canopy growth holding its own, but what's the next big? Uh, we'll call it cannabis-derived boomtown.
1: Well, the big story this past week was the passing of the U.S. Farm Bill, and in that Farm Bill, it makes hemp and hemp farming legal. Yes, and um, so hemp has been illegal because it—I guess it has some. I don't know. It's a derivative of marijuana, although it doesn't have THC in it. But a byproduct of hemp is something called CBD or a cannabidiol oil.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a new CBD shop on Lovers. I saw it. They give you a cream. Okay. It's supposed to alleviate pain. It's so
1: supposed to reduce swelling, alleviate pain. So It doesn't
0: make you high. It just makes you numb. There you go. Okay.
1: Now... And Final. $5.5 billion is the expected revenue from that this year, not 2019.
0: Okay, We'll try to figure out how to benefit. But one thing I want to point out, just a quick one minute. We told you not to, to not to,
1: <laughs>
0: to borrow a phrase from the movie Cars because we all have kids. So Bitcoin, classic bubble, popped. That was the big story this year for speculators. What happened?
1: Well, I mean, Bitcoin's down 82%, right? Yeah. Uh, peaked uh, close to 20,000, trading at 3,200, I think, at the end of the week. And, and that's
0: from this time last year when everybody's like, do I, do I do Bitcoin? How do I do Bitcoin? What is Bitcoin? And we were like, no. Just, right. just. Well,
1: if you bought it this time last year. But for the
0: grace of God, you go there.
1: You, 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 you're probably down only 50%. If you bought it at the peak, you're, you're down 80%, 90%.
0: That's why you listen to Net Worth Radio, the best in financial news. We told you to not to, and we issue more warnings. Come down, see us, meet the team that cares, and may God bless you and your family in the holiday season ahead.